everybody. Welcome back to the Turn Zero podcast. Uh, if you missed us, and it's because we've been absent. Uh, because I'm a bad host and a bad planner, and we were coming up on uh, two Sundays ago, and I suddenly realized it was Easter Sunday. Um, so that's on me. Um, but we, we obviously couldn't record an episode that night because people were doing stuff with families and, and whatnot. So we took a break there. Coming back to you uh, four weeks after our last episode. Three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks because yeah. we released uh, the week after we record. Yeah. Um, so we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, today we're joined by myself, obviously. Sooner the Extraordinaire uh, coming on remote. And then Todd's here. Oh, yeah. How you doing? I'm still here. You're just here hanging out? I'm, I'm just here. I'm, I'm here. Um, I'm happy to be here, ready to talk some MCP. We got a few cool spoilers. Yeah. Some good stuff to talk about. How are you doing, Sooner? I'm doing well, man. Uh, can't complain. Life is, is pretty good. Did you miss me or Todd more? Definitely you. Nice. You know. What the fuck, guys? See that? Me and you Todd, my, me and Todd, you know, we're uh, we started off so strong, our love for each other, but you know, it's just it's it's not a whatever, strong, man. You didn't return it. <laughs> I, did had it. To, I had to he, move on. He did in his own way. I tried to tell you. It's because <laughs> we can't play anymore. You won't you won't play with me on TTS anymore. Uh, it's it's a it's a block for me. It's a block. Yeah, Todd, Todd's a busy guy. He he, he is. Geez. There's no doubt about that. Oh, Jesus. Let's not talk about how busy I am. Oh, that's that's all I had planned for today. That's awkward. Oh, all right. Well, that's good show, guys. That was awesome. We really, really knocked that one out of the park. Yeah, that that's, that's my poor planning again. Dang it, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about instead, I guess we could uh, let Sooner talk for a little bit about what's going on in the TTSO sphere. Um, the TTSO sphere? Yeah, because uh, – Todd and I both have been absent from the online community for a little while. So Sooner is our, our correspondent in the field, um, putting himself through the rigors of the the online gaming. He's like that, he's like that weird weather guy you see that's always in the eye of a hurricane. <laughs> the storm chaser. Yeah. That is he's so true. Like, this sucks, guys. Can I get a replacement sometime? <laughs> like, no, just stay out there. <laughs> That You're is fine. so You're true, great. man. If you guys only knew how true that was. <laughs> You're doing a great job. <laughs> Stay safe, Sooner. So uh, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks, Sooner? Well, it, it certainly has been a hurricane the last couple of weeks. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I won't go into detail on that, but uh, the Battle Realm League is, uh, is going. I did join that uh, just mostly to get more games in for Battle Realms so I could uh, give it a fair shake and really, you know, give it uh, a full, you know, six, seven games, uh, eight games before I really judged it. Um, and I have to say that the battle realm is fun. It's, uh, it's been a fun, uh, uh, league. Uh, I won my first two games. I, I lost a very fun game, uh, this past week. Um, that was, uh, pretty enjoyable. I did make a, a real bad mistake. I picked up, I, for the, for the listeners, always remember Terrigen Mist does a damage <laughs> because I miscalculated and I forgot about the Mist damage and I picked up three cubes with Black Panther to put him on five out of six damage. Oh, Jesus. Uh-oh. But he was within Captain America and Okoye full on power. So he had ultimate bodyguards. 
Um, but I forgot about the Terrigen Mist damage. And so that damaged Panther to give him his sixth damage. He immediately drops the three cubes right next to my opponent who had priority, who picked him up and ran away. And I lost the game. Oh, oh my god. Uh, so that was See, a mistake. Keep track of. Those, yeah, the, the I, moves are sneaky. There's a lot of stuff going on that you got to be on top of. Yeah. It is. And I forgot. I mean, I've played a lot of the fists, so it's no excuse. I forgot about the miss doing one damage. Um, I should have only picked up two cubes, so that miss damage would have put me at five damage because Panther was pretty safe uh, with, with the bodyguards. But, you know, you live and you learn. And it was a fun game. It was a lot of back and forth. Um, good dice from him, good dice from me, then Marvel. Uh, I did get to play till the end of the line, which I was super pumped about. Um, <laughs> and in, in cat, in anchor cap fashion, Captain Marvel dazes him under till the end of the line. No. So I was rolling nine defense dice and I only had one damage on me and he still got dazed in Captain. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Look at the bright side though. You got to play winter soldier. I did. I played winter soldier every game and I'm super proud. So I'm obviously I'm not taking this league super serious. I'm having a lot of fun with it and it's been fun. Aww. It really has. It's been fun to get models like winter soldier on the table. Uh, he still is, is not great, but uh, uh, he gets better with a hammer. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. That's the uh, trick to making him good. Yeah, that's my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite line. Bucky gets more Winter Soldier. He got his own show, and his model still sucks. Yeah, well, because yeah. Falcon's going to come out and be awesome. Yeah, Falcon's going to be dope. <laughs> yeah. But the Battle Realm fun has, or Battle Realm League has been a lot of fun. Uh, I've enjoyed it. It is uh, different. Um, I, I do enjoy standard uh, more, but uh, I think. The main thing with Battle Realm is you can really get in a feels bad for your opponent if they don't have... You have to spend a lot of time preparing a roster that can make every point level and affiliation work at every point. Because if you have a smart opponent, they can ban where you either can't take affiliation or you have to play a point down. Mm-hmm. So, and well, that so feels bad. Let me ask you a question about it. Now that you guys... like. You guys did this whole debate thing about whether it's competitive, whether it's not. Is it the new competitive format? Like, Mm -hmm. yada, yada. Like, so after having more games under your belt, we we know what the rosters look like. Um, They they were pretty similar. Um, So now with more games under your belt, do you still have the same opinion of it? Or was it strengthened or weakened towards either side either way? I mean, look, I, I'm going to say this. I, I enjoy playing Battle Realms. I think it's a fun, casual, fun format. I really and truly, I do. Um, I think taking it as a competitive league, if anything, playing these games has strengthened my opinion that it is not good for a competitive league. Mm. Um, and, and I'm not trying to be controversial. You know, uh, I want to point to everybody uh, on Dr. Norbert's youtube channel we we have a nice little talk about about it and and all four uh all four players at the end were asked if they think it should be the competitive and all four said no so even the two that were kind of more for it said no um i think could it get there um or at least be more viable one day yes but for that to happen we need a lot more characters and a lot more leaders of affiliations Mm mm-hmm yeah, like for me, it reminds me a lot of how um, Malifaux works. 
um, because the way Malifaux works, you you show up pretty much with your collection, right? Or you show up with your faction. And then once you see the objectives and everything that show up, then you pick your team. And there's not so much a band format like there is in uh, MCP with, with the Battle Realms, uh, but there's definitely the ability to actually uh, formulate a strategy based on what you see and what you know you're playing into. So from, from my perspective with that kind of background with the gaming, like I can see the competitive value to it, uh, but I can also see where like, I, I feel like you guys were given kind of a raw deal on it because it was one of these things that felt like, to, it felt rushed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, cause we went from, is Battle Realms competitive? Yes, no. Some think yes, some think no. Okay, cool. Let's have a tournament with the top players, and let's do it next week. Um, so it it felt really rushed in the aspect of where you guys had a limited amount of time to actually one test it and play it and figure out a roster to where everybody just decided to take the best models in the format. Uh, I mean, do you kind of feel like that's how that went, or? Yeah, I mean, I will. I will say this. Yes, we did have a tournament with you know eight very experienced players uh, to kind of do a little test with it. But but also they ran a four week battle league with everybody, so it wasn't just you know, hey, let's let these eight players decide whether it's good or sure, it's sure. bad. Um, I mean, I think the overall consensus uh, so far, and I could be wrong on this. I mean, I don't talk to everybody. Um, is uh, just kind of what I said. It, it's enjoyable. But there's too many, there's too many times. It's almost like it favors the super competitive players even more, because mm. unless, like I said, you have a very strong list, like you can be put there. Like the pick and ban is a problem because if the, your opponent is smart, they can put you in a situation where you can't even play the threat level, or you cannot play an affiliation. And this game is built off of affiliations and threat levels. So, like, that's a really bad mm-hmm. feels bad just to start the game out. Well, all right. So, I just want to argue this for a second. Sure, sure. Does that, does, does that feel more like less experienced players are penalized because they haven't had the competitive experience? Or does that feel like just a feels bad because of the way it's designed? Because to me, that sounds more like if you don't have the ability to properly build your roster correctly, you can get locked out of X, Y, and Z. Um, Cause that was one of the things that I was looking at in the band pick before I even saw rosters, right. Um, was a way to try and limit options. Um, now when I saw Morgan's list, because Morgan brought a bunch of two pointers, it became a lot harder to block him out of affiliations because he had point options based on the number of two pointers he had. Right. Yeah. And like, I mean, if you look at our game last night, um, I could have made a decision. I, I let him play Brotherhood. I could have made a decision. Maybe I should have because he ended up playing Brotherhood. Uh, but I could have made it where he had to play unaffiliated. And, yeah, and maybe I, I should have. Uh, you know, he chose Angela first. I immediately banned Thor. So he couldn't. Uh, well, I take that back. He could have played the Asgard affiliation just without a leader. Right. So he could have played, and, and that would have probably worked because you still get Odin's Blessing, you still get Rainbow Bridge. But uh, um, It's I nowhere near as powerful. Correct. And and I so I think that, and in that YouTube talk, I think we kind of agree upon the pick ban has 
is problematic. Um, now, the thing I really like about Battle Realms, I like a ton, and I wish would be integrated into standard, is the more randomness of scenarios and extracts. Sure. I can see that, that is, too. I think that is great. I, I really enjoy that. I, it really cuts down on the people who are bringing lists that are like unbelievable on one scenario and they just put all their eggs in that basket. Yeah. yeah my biggest criticism when I first heard about Battle Realm, and I, I brought this up on our channels a whole bunch, was the affiliations, the fact that you could block people from them. And that was because, like you said sooner, like to me, that's a foundational component of the game. I mm-hmm. think that if affiliation abilities weren't tied to leaders, it would make a lot more sense. And I don't know how you do that, whether you do it with tactics cards or something. Um, But that felt like the biggest sticking point to me because I do like the idea of picks and bans. And I'm going to take a page from Sugi's book and compare it to another completely unrelated game, which was MOBAs. And I I like the pick-ban phase in that. And that a lot of times comes down to picking or banning the strongest characters and then people make their... Their, their money, so to speak, on... Uh, roster adjustments and whatnot. Well, roster yeah. adjustments, but also pocket picks are a big deal. Like, if yeah. you're good with a certain character, like, maybe you can do something with that. This game doesn't tie in 100% because even if you're comfortable with a the character, they still can be weaker or more powerful, you know, just based on their abilities. But I like pick and ban. I just don't like that you can take affiliations from people. I think that that's such a core component that Battle Realm was rough for me looking at it. Yeah, and there, there's just affiliations that you just really can't play. Um, right, like which, it, it know, completely whacks what, Wakanda, Spider-Foes. Well, you can play Wakanda because they got enough people. Yeah. You can take Storm True. and Taskmaster. But like uh, Black Orders, basically anything with a gem. So Defenders, Black yeah. Order is very hard to do. Um, X-Men is hard to do. Um, so, I mean, it's... Look, I think I think once more characters come out and affiliations get bigger, um, and there's more leaders, I think that it's it'll be a, a different thing, and it's still yeah. fun. I, I really do. Like I said, I really do enjoy it, and it's fun. But it's just, I don't think it it can be your competitive format. Yeah, I'm glad you had a mostly good experience with it. I know Todd has been really talking about wanting to run that locally and you should try one a week. Yeah. I've had reservations, but I'm willing to give it a shot. I mean, um, it's, it's a different way of looking at the game and it'll probably end up different for us because I know a lot of us don't tend to build and sort of the, the TTS hierarchy of characters. So we'll probably see some different stuff. I know you guys kind of ended up on really similar lists, right? Uh, for the most part, um, I mean, I don't see at this point, honestly, at this point in Battle Realms baby format, you know, it's it's brand new. I just don't see a whole lot of reasons not to take close to the 15 best characters. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it just depends. It depends if you're trying to win or if you're just trying to have fun. You know, yeah, I, yeah. trust me, in, in our Battle Realm mini league, I didn't take even close to the 15 best characters. Um, so well, you had Winter Soldier in your list. So I have Winter Soldier. I have Captain America in there, two of the worst <laughs> models in the game. So, uh, so it just depends on on you know how cutthroat you want to get with it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm I'm excited to see some other stuff being tested. So it sounds like that didn't make its way to the actual TTS league that's coming up, right? No, there. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if they've officially announced. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm not. 
on the the complete insight on this, but uh, I I think it's going to be standard, but I'm not sure. They haven't announced yeah. it. Do you even know when that starts up again? Uh, they delayed it, so it's I think okay. now delayed till. It's on the I boat wanna, coming from the yeah, Suez. like end of May or or I think it's oh wow, that's a long break. May. Okay, yeah, it is because of releases. They delayed it to try to get yeah. some new releases in. Well, I guess that's a good time to transition. You just set me up perfectly. I was going to say, let's talk about some characters that are going to be coming out. We haven't talked about a couple of them. Um, we have Sin and Viper. Um, what's the name of their squad? Is it the Serpent something? Um, Serpent Folk. Serpent Folk? All right. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Snaky people. So um, I'm going to read a couple character cards here, and then we can have a little discussion. You know the drill. Um so let me start things off with Sin. Um, Sin is a three threat, four health model um, with a medium move size two. She's three, three, and four defense. Um, she comes with the now pretty standard, but I thought it was kind of unique at the time, automatic pistol attack. That's the range three, uh, four dice. Um, it is a zero cost attack. It is a zero cost. The, the the promo image that was released shows it at four power. It's not four power. Um, gain one automatically, and then has a rapid fire. This one doesn't have any dice triggers on it. Um, most of the characters that have been released lately have at least you got to hit a hit a hit something uh, yeah. to get the rapid fire. She does not. Uh, she also has make it personal. This is a two range six die attack for four power on a crit in a wild. It adds insult to injury. After this attack is resolved, this character may make an additional make it personal attack without paying the power cost. The additional attack must target the original character and is a mystic attack instead of its normal type. This additional attack does not have the insult to injury special rule. And I think, um, Chris, I think that's actually, they came out with a clear card. I think that's a wild and a crit you have to get. It's a wild and a crit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. wild and a crit. Um, she also is a cabal leader. Uh, her ability is called red mayhem during the cleanup phase. After scoring victory points, you roll a die for each objective token contested by allied character. If, if the result is a hit crit or wild push each enemy character contesting the objective token away from the objective token short. You also roll a die for each enemy character holding an asset token within two of an allied character. If the result is a hit, crit, or wild, the enemy character drops one asset token of your choice. Pretty interesting, because Cabal's traditionally been about building power, doing attacks. This one's much more controly. Um, she also has hit and run for two. She, she can make a uh, attack immediately followed by a move action. Use once per turn. She also has partners in crime for zero. Um, this is basically the Corvus Proxima. It says at the end of this character's activation, if it's within four of an allied crossbones... This character may use a superpower. If the allied crossbones does not have an activated token, he may activate before your turn ends. Um, unlike Corvus and Proxima, this is just one-sided. So crossbones obviously does not have any interaction with Sin on his card, so he can only follow her, but it doesn't work in reverse. Um, she also has Heir to the Wicked. When this character is damaged by an enemy or allied effect, after the effect is resolved, if it is not dazed, it gains one power, and she has stealth. Can't be attacked unless the attackers within three um big deal is that on her flip side she gains two health so she goes up to six what do you guys think about sin yeah and that's the only difference on her flip side she yep. goes from four to six health so she's still 10 she's just extra squishy on her front side yeah 
It's a little, a little weird, but yeah, I guess she gets angry on her backside. She's mad, man. She got a big ass knife. <laughs> she like puts the gun out and grabs the blade. Yeah, we saw it with Deadpool, so you 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 know you may see that a little more going forward. They're probably trying to give a little more variety than the standard five five. Mm-hmm. You guys have any strong opinions on her, Todd? Uh, I mean, her leadership's pretty interesting. Um, even though it's after um, they score the points for the turn, the fact that it pushes after that means that they're going to have to at least take an action to move back to contest next turn. Um, so so it, in, in certain situations, it's still effectively almost a stagger, right? Uh, unless they have some movement shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I like her ability. I think it's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, she seems good. I've seen a lot of people say that this makes crossbones relevant. Does it make crossbones relevant? <laughs> I mean, sooner, what's your opinion on that? I think it helps him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think he's still crossbones. Um, he's still crossbones. Yeah, yeah. He gets to activate and then move short still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I do think it helps. Uh, every little thing helps. And, um, you know, Crossbones is not great in Cabal. Um, but, you know, I, I, I like Sin. I think she opens up all kinds of things for Cabal. I think uh, Cabal is super interesting now because I think now you have a, a very strong um, roster to go on a uh, narrow objective. And now she um, can give you a very wide roster to go into you know something like extremis or something on a d scenario i think she's very good on those with her leadership uh it is it is important to point out her leadership is dicey uh it's not guaranteed mm-hmm. yeah um, so it it is a, it is a 50 50 pretty much right a little more than a 50 50 uh right no no, it's 50-50. No, it's 50-50. Exactly, yeah. So so it's dicey. I mean, it's sometimes it's going to be awesome. Sometimes it's not going to do a whole, whole lot. But uh, it is a very cool leadership. And it is, like you said, it's very powerful if you're getting it off. If you're on extremis and you're in a one-on-one battle and it's somebody who doesn't have movement shenanigans and you get this off, I mean, that's enormous. I mean, like you yeah. said, it's a, sta- it's a stagger. Um, so uh, it's a very good leadership, just a little dicey. Um, outside of that, I mean, her card itself is, is not great. I think the best thing she does is lets you play a wide cabal list. I do not like the fourth or uh, four stamina on the front. Uh, it means yeah. she, mm-hmm. it means she dazes very easy. And then I don't know about you guys, but I am very weary when my leaders are on their flip side. Um, yeah. because that, you know, you get a good attack on them a good spike and they're off the table and there goes your leadership. So mm-hmm. that's my biggest negative about her outside of that. I think she's, she's pretty solid and pretty good for a three threat. Uh, I think you just got to be very careful where you're putting her on the table. So I, I'm interested to find out what you think this good wide list is. She is on narrow point on low points. Well, I think you can use sin. You can use well, you can technically go at least six wide on, or maybe seven wide on seventeen. Now yeah, they, they are going to be getting a two pointer soon too with Bob. Yeah, so, so they have Bob. So they have Bob. They have sin. They have crossbones, and they have Viper. That's eleven points. Four characters. And Zemo is another points. three. So yeah, I mean you can go six wide with Zemo. A lot of those. So. 
outside of crossbones um, and you don't have to take crossbones obviously um, but he crossbones is not terrible on something like an extremist just to s- put them on an outside objective and say come try to take it from me or i'm just going to stand here and score this point all game yeah um and then if you look at the rest of those characters they are extremely mobile um yeah we'll go over viper but uh she's you know very mobile uh sin is mobile she's a medium but she has a hit and run um we all know how mobile Zemo is. Zemo is probably the most mobile guy in the game outside of once amazing Spider-Man comes out. So, I mean, they have a ton of mobility in that list and you know, some of them Zemo can hit hard. Uh, well, that's about it, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) but, uh, I mean, that's, I think that's a a very viable, decent list on a D scenario. And that was always Cabal's Achilles heel. And she's three, so I guess she technically frees up one more point for you to try to force Modoc in there, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and like you know, Modoc, you don't want on a D scenario very likely. So I mean, right. that's where she opens up a, you know, Red Skull doesn't want to play a game without Modoc. I mean, it's just, he just doesn't. So yeah. she opens up a whole new list that can be played on those wide scenarios. Yeah. Um, as a side note, there are two her other two abilities I want to ask you guys about because I, I hear very various things about hit and run. Is that an ability you guys like, or do you prefer charge? Yeah, obviously, I prefer charge. I mean, can you yeah, make a, use of hit and run? Is it something you guys even look for, or is it just kind of incidentally there? Well, I mean, for her, the fact that she has hit and run with a range three is pretty good, right? Like, mm-hmm. like so, she's got range on the attack, and she can fire it a second time. And oh, by the way, after that, she can move. Like, yeah. like yeah. that's that's not bad. Yeah, she's uh, so yeah. Like Todd said, obviously, charges is one of the strongest superpowers in the game. So you prefer charge over it. But I, I didn't really value hit and run very high. And then, as we know, I play a lot of Criminal Syndicate, and uh, Green Goblin has it, and I played some of him, and it actually I'm is sorry. pretty useful. Yeah, he's not good. Green Goblin's not good, but uh, <laughs> it, the hit and run is actually useful. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think it is a useful ability. Is it like top 10? No, but it's useful. And then my other question is, what is she doing with all this extra power she gets from getting hit? Well, like, I, I don't think it matters. Um, like I, I don't think that's that extra ability matters on her front side. She might get some use out of it on her second pot. I mean, side. are you taking make it personal attacks and hoping for the triggers? Like, all she has otherwise is hit and run. Well, I mean, yeah. it's an automatic pistol attack, right? Like we we know what automatic pistols can do. Like uh, we can't fake that. Um, so like, it, it's not a bad ability, but I don't think she gets much use out of it on her front side at all. Yeah, I mean, I think the answer to that is, yes, she can use her spender more often and she can use it for tactics cards. So she can be kind of like your battery for tactics cards. Um, I agree with Todd. I mean, she's not going to get much power from that on her front side. She's four damage, a three, three, four. Uh, I mean, it's only going to take a couple of of hits before she's dead. Uh, And she doesn't (laughs) get it when she she dazes. Right. So So she's probably going to gain it once on her front side. Maybe. I mean, if you do it, yeah, once maybe. Because, I mean, if you do a throw at her first, um, 
Uh, she would still get it on a throw. So yeah, she'll get it usually once if you're lucky twice at most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, right on. Uh, she's definitely interesting. I like that they're introducing uh, secondary leaders for all these factions because that that is an interesting way to go with Cabal. You know, we're pretty used to how they play, so it's going to take some some interesting thought to figure out how to play her a wide cabal is pretty pretty intriguing i wouldn't mind if the zemo drive-by came back because that was always a old yeah, classic that was, and, that was a fun standby and he hasn't shown up for quite some time so um well and this plays back to our our first topic battle realms right mm-hmm. here's a secondary leader you can use for cabal um yeah so if we keep seeing this trend where we're getting secondary leaders we know we've got another captain america coming we know we've got another spider-man coming so all of a sudden, like looking back at Battle Realm, some of that starts to open back up, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Also, another uh, another kind of spicy thing about Heir to the Wicked, um, it's a character, it's an enemy effect or an allied effect. So yeah. mm-hmm. let's say she needs one power um, and, you know, she's in a pretty safe position. You could do something like a beam and also hit her or something that does like one damage and hit her and she'll get that power that you could then use. Yeah. Yeah. I guess she makes like a good dark rain battery, right? Cause that's just a cabal character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. She's basically, we'll use it for tactics cards would be my guess. Yep. So I guess let's talk about her friend Viper. Uh, Viper is also a three threat, uh, five stamina character who has a long move at size two. Uh, she's three, three and three defense. She has three attacks. The first is poison. Was that blast? Blade. Poison blade. and blade. Sorry, this isn't very easy to read. Um, two range, five die for zero. Uh, gains power equal to damage dealt. And on a wild, it also applies poison. Um, she has assassin's pistol, which is a three range, four die attack for zero. Uh, automatically gains one power when the attack is resolved. On a wild, it stuns. And she has Viper Strike, which is a three-range, six-die attack for three power. After this attack is resolved, place this character within one of the target. And on a wild, she applies Venom. Um, Venom says after this attack is resolved, the target character gains both slow and stun. Try to say them at the same time. Um, Slund? Slund. She has Displacement Ring, which is a two-power... Uh, superpower place this character within two of its current position can only be used once per turn. She also has coiled serpent for two power. When this character is targeted by an attack within two, it may use the superpower instead of rolling dice equal to its defense, roll five defense dice. Then if this character suffers no damage after the attack is resolved, the attacker suffers two. And Martial she, prowess. Yes. And then she also has stealth. Uh, doesn't look like anything changes on her backside. So, Viper seems pretty boring, <laughs> but can you find a place to use her? What do you got, Sooner? Oh, I mean, yes. I, she doesn't do anything new. She doesn't do anything, you know, outstanding. But I think that she, again, will find a place in a Cabal D scenario. I, I think she's good on a D. Uh, and I'll tell you why. A, obviously, she's super mobile, so she can move from uh, objective to objective uh, pretty easy. A range two place is a very strong superpower. Um, You know, we talked about 
uh, sin, maybe not having the strongest superpowers, that's a very strong superpower. Um, and then also, you know, having martial artists, basically, um, that's also a strong superpower. So I think her superpowers are very good. She also has stealth. You're not going to see her in any kind of brawl scenario or anything like that. But I think she's a good character on a, a, a widespread scenario. And I'll tell you, she's a prime example of a character who goes from average to actually really pretty good when you take her in the right spot. So if you take her on extremis and then you give her blind obsession with whoever she's fighting on a flank, if you can get her maybe in a one-on-one or something like that, she's actually really pretty good in that scenario. Yeah. Well, I think displacement rings a really good power. Uh, two placement is really good. Um, and the long move obviously complements that a lot. I mean, uh, like you were saying, I mean, in a wide team, seems really solid. She's going to control some side objective and just kind of hang out over there or cross the board if she has to. Uh, don't forget she has stealth combined with coil serpent. Um, so basically the uh, opponents can only really attack you in a range three to range two without uh, proccing the coiled serpent as long as she has the power. Um, you combine that with something like blind obsession on a D scenario. That's actually very powerful. So I think she has her spots. She just uh, is specific in spots you want to take her. So just for clarification for for listeners, um, let's say you have blind obsession on her. She rolls two less dice. Um, she triggers coiled serpent. Does she still get to roll five or is she rolling three dice? So she, that's a good question. I believe you roll two less dice. No, so I think it's you roll three. It does say defense dice in the. Because I think blind obsession just takes away two dice. So she would roll five and then it takes away two dice. It doesn't actually change your defensive dice stats. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it says two less defense dice on blind obsession, and coiled servant says roll five defense dice. Okay. Yeah. Still take two. You would just subtract the two, but at least you would get something. Well, and that's when somebody else that is not have the blind obsession token attacks her. Um, Right. She would actually, yeah, she would roll two less. But you know, someone who has the blind obsession token, you get two more. So that's super powerful. Mm -hmm. Ooh. So she would be, if if you were able to, if you were able to coil serpent, a blind obsession target, um, they would be roll, you would be rolling seven defense dice. Take that. Yeah. And if you don't take damage, the actual, the opponent takes two damage. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so we have two tactics cards that are coming in this kit. Uh, Ash and Viper are coming together. Um, the first one is called Two Ash and Cinder. It is an unaffiliated reactive card. So at the start of the activation phase, Sin or Crossbones may spend two power to play this card. Place a demolition charge token within three of this character. During the next cleanup phase, all characters within two of the demolition charge token take gain the stun special condition and then suffer two damage. Destroy all terrain features of size three or less within two of the demolition charge token, then remove the token from the battlefield. Um, Let me cover the second, and then we can talk about these real quick. The second one is called Illicit Tech. Um, It gives you an attack called the Expo Sin Plasma Rifle. (laughs) 
<laughs> Assuming for crossbones and sin. Uh, it's a five range, six die energy attack for zero. Um, during crossbones or sins of activation, they may spend one power to play this card. This character may use the attack shown above once it's activation. After the attack is resolved, the character gains power equal to the damage dealt. After this attack is resolved, the target character and enemy characters within two of it gain the incinerate special condition. This attack can all only have dice added to the attack roll from crit results, and this character cannot modify its attack dice during this attack. Those are both uh, kind of spicy. Uh, so here's an interesting thing about that attack action. That's the first time we've seen an attack action card uh, on a team tactic card that allows you to gain power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so so that's kind of spicy. Yeah. I, I see the demolition charge being kind of hard to use, but maybe narrow objective. How much How much does it cost to use again? Uh, two. Is it two? Is it two? Yeah, it's two. two. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. The, the fact that, like, you would, you would really want to use that, like, like what uh, like what Sooner was talking about, like in a go wide list where you might be activating last, and you can set that charge up to make sure it hits people. It's probably not too bad. Yeah, the fact that it lasts the whole round though, and then goes off. That was, that's that's yeah, what's th- weird about it. That's why I said you'd probably want to do that as your last thing. We have to do it at the start of activation. Oh, at the start of activation. Yeah, and then it doesn't go off until cleanup. Wait, well. Yeah, but you would do it as the start of your last activation. Start of the activation phase. Oh, activation phase. So you have to do it at the beginning of the turn. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's rough. I mean, it's area denial, maybe. Sure. I mean, I guess. If you've got some people that are kind of thin on health and you're trying to make sure you can score an objective, you're like, all right, look, there's a demolition charge here. If... If you're in this area, you're going to take it in the face. Yeah. And it says all characters within two gain stun and then suffer two. So your own characters will take that damage if they're in there. Yeah. So it almost seems like kind of a trap. <laughs> I don't know what to think of that card. I I love both of these cards. I don't love them because they're overly good or they're overly competitive. In fact, I don't think they're really that competitive at all. But I absolutely love how thematic they are. Um, and I just, I love, um, cards again, they don't get taken very often because they're just usually not worth it, but I love cards that give special attacks. I don't know why I just personally love them. Um, and I think this is one that you actually would take because, you know, we talked about crossbones and, and sin helping him. This also really helps crossbones because, you know, it gives him that range five attack that builds power, um, so that is very helpful to him. Let's say he can't make it to somebody or, you know, somebody's left on two power or I mean, two uh, stamina. Uh, you could use this and try to shoot him and kill him. Uh, if you want to just use this, you know, early to try to get some damage out there to build power, you can use it because it only costs one. Um, mm-hmm. So I really like both of them. They're very thematic, which is awesome. I don't think they're super powerful, but I think uh, they, they would be very fun to play. Yeah, I love the uh, the team up tactics attack cards, even though I don't use any of them. I just yeah. like that they're there and they're, I guess, an option, right? Well, <laughs> I so, used the hell out of Ricochet Blast when uh, the corset dropped. Yeah, and so here's the deal. This is why you don't see any of those team up cards, or, or very rarely you do, is because they're so hard to use. Mm. Um, 
there's a lot of stuff that has to happen for you to to be able to use those cards. Um, and what I mean by it is positioning wise and things like that. Yeah. You have the models right in certain positions. This one's great because you don't have to do anything but pay one power and you can use it. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. And I like that Crossbones is holding a giant fuck-off plasma rifle in the picture. <laughs> you can't see it very well, but the art on the back is going <laughs> to look super cool. <laughs> so those are interesting. And, and I like that they're playing up the the relationship between Sin and, and Crossbones. Like, it may not make Crossbones better, but it probably makes him feel more fun to play, right? So I, I think that's a net benefit, even if even if they don't see a ton of use, at least that that's there, and it's fun. Yeah, I think um, there's no doubt it's a benefit for sure. Yeah. Um. So I guess um, we were gonna talk about some local stuff that's going on here at the shop at Todd's shop, Total Access Games in Ashland, Virginia. Shameless um, plug because we've been playing the Infinity War League here. Um, we had our first week uh last weekend um and it's been a lot of fun man like i was talking about this on the podcast a little bit that i I liked the idea of it and it was going to be really fun to start up um and have a local league going and it's been super interesting so todd and i were going to talk a little bit about the mechanics of the league and then um over the course of the league one of the things that you get to do is after each game you've played you get to pick a power um from these sticker sheets and it's got all six of the gems with three different possible like powers that you get. And after each game, you get to pick one. You can have a max of three at a time. Then once you start playing more games, you can overlay your original stickers um, if you want to, to replace some of them. Um, so that league is all kind of centered around controlling the infinity gems. Uh, it has their own set of crisis cards there's three blues and three reds i won't read all of them right now but they do interesting things like one of them is a, a blue 18 point that um is on the c list and you can spend one power to teleport between any of them there's another one where you pick up mind shards and if you control a center objective at the end of that activation or at end of the turn you get to take control of anybody who has one of those gems on it if you control the center point so it's it's very interesting, adds a lot of flavor, and I think that it's kind of a – I almost wish that these were in the full game. I don't know what you think about that, Todd. I don't know if they seem too crazy powerful, but they they're, add a lot of wrinkles. They're, they're crazy powerful. I mean, they're kind of powerful, but I just mean like the idea of adding some more jank. Like I, I like some of the nuanced – like. Um, extracts like it, it's kind of similar to the uh wakandan herb where you got to pick it up and take it to a point and then hold the point and mm-hmm. then something happens um like i, I like some of the nuance levels of that like yeah. it, th- they are super fun there uh, there's another one is it the 20.1 um where you roll a die and if you hit a crit you can either bring back a tactics card yeah or pull one in from your eight that you didn't bring to the game initially. <laughs> yeah, like, no, that one's busted. That one's kind of busted. Uh, I, I watched a game with that this week between a couple of our guys where um, She-Hulk got dropped off three times. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that that's busted. Yeah, you med-packed on uh, me twice, right? Yeah, I med-packed on you twice, and She-Hulk got dropped off three times in a game. Wow. Yeah, like, 
Like that one's that one's no fun. <laughs> that one's no fun for anybody. Um, so this one, you, you because it's a league, you build your roster. You get your ten characters or gems. You get your eight slots. All all normal. The wrinkle is these crisis that you're forced to play because there's only three of each. But it's the same uh, sort of uh, roll and see who gets what color. The interesting thing are the gems. So Todd, what is your roster? And what are the three gems that you've picked so far? So I went with a new roster. Okay. Um, I decided I was going to play Asgard with spiders. Oh, spiders. That's weird. Yeah. Sooner, do you know anything about Todd playing spiders? Has he done it? This is, this is an absolute shock to me. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, and, I forgot to ask. Uh, do Sin or Viper, do you think they'd be any good in spiders? Sinner Viper and no. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can't believe well, you didn't say anything about them. And yeah, spiders, we gotta check. Man. No, but they're really good with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> so you got Asgard and spiders. I got Asgard and spiders. And what are your Infinity Gem powers? <laughs> so as I've been playing this, um, my first three gems that I have gone with. Um, first one was the Power Gem. The second Power Gem, which. Uh, once per round, you may reduce the cost of a superpower by one to a minimum of one. All right. Because um, I'm playing spiders. Sure, that makes sense. So, <laughs> spiders like power gain and cost reduction. That one made sense. Mm-hmm. Now, Asgard also doesn't mind a discount on, say, a charge or a throw. Yeah. Um, so that one just made sense. And you said that's once per game or uh, once per round? Once per round. Okay. Um, so it, it's very handy. Um, I, I did have an enchantress steal a token for two and and get the hell out of Dodge. All that right. won me a game. Um, so like that one has been that one's been exceptionally handy. Uh, my next one was uh, a mind gem, the second mind gem. Once per game, during the cleanup phase, me you may choose to have one enemy character count as an allied character for purposes of scoring BPs. <laughs> So in case spiders can't move you off an objective, that one's just going to score for me. Yeah, Minion got me with that. All I had left was Kingpin, and he was standing on the center objective holding an asset token, and he was just like, well, I scored those points this round. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. (laughs) Uh, I I had a game earlier this week where um, it was probably round three or four, and I was just controlling, controlling, controlling. And he had finally beat me off of the objective to the point where I was like, well, that's fine. I'll just leave and go over here. And and he's like, sweet. I finally score this with my character who's holding another gem. And I'm like, and that character scores for me too. <laughs> and and it, was, it, was, it was kind of a like, ha-ha, gotcha, and a really bad feel bad, bad. <laughs> like at the same time. So – and then the other one I took was also uh, a mind gem as well. The last mind gem. Once per game, you may play an opposing player's unaffiliated team tactic card as if it was yours. Uh, the opposing player does not discard the team tactic card after use. So it's pretty strong. Yeah, yeah I, I, I love med pack, and I like not having to take brace. Yeah. So, like, when I can borrow somebody else's brace or med pack and take another card that I think is super effective, mm. especially on a 20-pointer where you might be able to get a card back as well. Yeah. Like, that's kind of gross. 
Yeah, I like that one. I like messing with the team taxes card. So I ended up um, playing Cabal um, just because I haven't played them very much. I wanted to play them some more. And they have some really effective team tactics cards that I wanted to be able to use more. And abuse. And abuse, um, such as Cosmic Invigoration, Dark Rain, all that kind of stuff. Um, Age of Ultron. Um, so my first gem I took was the same mind gem. So you can once per game, you can play an opposing players unaffiliated team tactics card as if it was <laughs> yours. Um, and the, the idea behind that was just to give me more room to take more of the affiliated cards. So I could either use your med pack or my personal favorite was, Oh, I'm playing minion. I know minion likes to bring all you've got, so I don't need to bring it. I'm going to play yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to borrow that for a minute. Yeah. Bra- same idea with the brace and all that. Uh, but then I took it a step further, and I took a power gem that says, when determining which crisis cards are used for the game, you may pick your crisis card after your opponent has revealed theirs. If both players have this effect, it does nothing. So this lets me look at what I have, say, oh, you're bringing that? Well, I don't need to bring it. I'm going to play your all you've got. Uh, I'll pick these cards. <laughs> so, <laughs> So that one's been pretty fun. Uh, there's a game where, like I said, I saw a minions lineup and I said, oh, you're bringing all you've got? All right, well, I don't need to bring mine. I'll just play yours and I'll just take this brace instead because he was playing some of uh, some throw jank. Oh. Um, and then the last one, what I found playing Todd when I was running Cabal <laughs> with Kingpin and Modoc was that spiders were going to push them all over the field and I wasn't going to get a chance to react. So I took a time gem that says once per game during the power phase, you may take the priority token. Yeah, it's kind of a dick move. Just straight up take it. So I finally get to do something against you this time. <laughs> um, so to me, this has been super fun, man. Like it's it's totally different than the regular game. There's a lot of customization that could take place. Like I said, if you play your first three games, you pick a loadout, you don't really like something, you can overlay it after you play your next game. Yep. Um, or you can just keep the same things. Um, have, you, have you liked it? Have you been having fun? You're playing the same fucking roster with spiders, so it can't be that fun for you. It, it, no, I, dude, I like, in, in all honesty, I love playing spiders. Like, it is fun for me to play spiders. And it's actually fun for me to play them against the local guys who don't get to play on competitive all the time because I'm like, here's some cool shit you can do that you haven't looked at, right? So I could beat baby seals with my spiders list. It's no, almost top tier competitive. I got you. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, hey, you know what Todd likes to do? He likes to sit, get a new player to sit down. He's like, oh, have you seen spiders yet? <laughs> and then running into him and be like, yeah, beat your ass. Yeah. No, cool game. no, no. Did you like what you saw there? And they're like, what happened? <laughs> no, no, that is not that is not true. Now, I, Josh, if Josh listens to this. Um, <laughs> well, you haven't just done it to Josh. <laughs> he did it to AJ. I heard you say, have you seen spiders before? Well, I and I did, but AJ wanted to know. You're like the guy in the alley with the trench coat. I am. I am. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to show you something cool. <laughs> like, Nobody wants to see that. Like, I mean... Some people do. Ugh. Like Josh liked it. He bought them all after that. Yeah. <laughs> and you're using it as a sales tactic. You're <laughs> dirty, dirty. <laughs> no, but like I, I like the play style of – and there are players that I know, like AJ actually and Josh, that are, are new players to the game that come from other tabletop games that like that control play aspect. And I was like, if you like that, let me show you this. Like this is – 
this is a this is a mechanic and a play style that's in your wheelhouse. Um, you, I just like to club as a baby seal. I fucking hate that spider list. <laughs> I was doming people all day with Kingpin and Modoc. I was getting the teleport objective, and I was just teleporting them to either side of the board. Who's next? Who's next? You took that from me, and then you pushed Modoc behind a building four fucking times in a row, and he didn't get to do anything. He shot one guy. <laughs> to be fair, it wasn't spiders that pushed him into the corner. It was Medusa. No, it was Enchantress. Or Enchantress. Well, it was the, Enchantress. the first two times yeah. it was Thor throwing him. Yeah, yeah. And then Enchantress moved him all the way on the other side of the fucking building. And then, but it wasn't even spiders. So, like, your argument is null and void. Well, Peter took a, a attacking to him, but it didn't work because you. Well, I can't push him exactly. Peter. Yeah. Anyway, I just got the power to pull him. Fuck you, Todd. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Sooner, I, I wish you had a local community to play this kind of stuff with because it's super fun, man. It, it is a lot of fun. I don't yeah, know if no, you can like that, though. I feel like if there's not, like, uh, a car pink slip on the line, you're not interested in racing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no. I, I certainly <laughs> tend to uh, go more into the competitive aspect, but I would love to play in a league like that, and I'd do it. We, we do have a community here. I mean, I live in Dallas big city so uh we do have a community here it's just because of covid it hasn't fully opened up yet here um but uh we have a nice little uh eight to ten man uh well before covid a little eight to ten man group that we played with that would love to probably do something like this we just haven't fired it up yet do they know what they're in for when you get to go back and start playing competitive with them Probably not, but I go easy, man. <laughs> I, uh, when I, I'm not like Todd, man, I don't beat him like a baby. I'll, that, that, I'll is, play. that is not a fair assessment. Like, I, <laughs> and, and I want to stress that like the guys that I played it with were guys who were like, no, I want to see what this, who game didn't can know do. any better. Yeah. I got you. No, no, no. They wanted to see what the game could do. And you got them co- to commit to buying the models when you beat them. They were, Look, they were interested. <laughs> Look, Todd, I just go off Chris's lead with this, and, you know, so you got to talk well, to him about it. Well, it all tracks with what you know of Todd, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So, but, no, I, I play – so when I'll go to, like, the local gaming store just to play some games, unless I'm playing, like, a couple of my good buddies that are also competitive players um, – who you know will want to practice competitive stuff i mean all i one of my favorite things to do is just to take all my cards mix them up pick 10 cards and play a roster like that um i love doing stuff like that especially at the gaming store yeah and and to be fair I, I, like the games that i've played in the tts league i've actually been trying to play more of my asgard side of it because it's the side that i have the least amount of experience with um, and, and, and by least amount, I mean, I took Asgard as a bait, uh, and, and never played it in TTS ever. Um, so like the most reps I've had with it have been in store. So I've been learning that side of that roster, um, in all of my games in the shop. So I, I, I feel, I do not feel comfortable with Asgard. And the only game that I played in this league with spiders was against you, Chris. Wow. So. Well, and you don't, if you don't play, I can tell you this from season two, uh, if you don't play Asgard a lot and, and practice them, you will miss their leadership ability all yeah, the freaking yeah. time yeah, because they're, it's, they're, you have to do it at the start of the turn. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times I would go, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to move this, uh, this 
uh, character. I'll move him here. Okay, I'm going to do the ability. Shit, I can't do the I ability. Forget. It's at the yep. start of the turn. Yep. Um, so it's, yeah, th- their leadership ability does take a lot of practice. Yeah. yeah, so like even in these fun leagues and stuff like this, you can take a roster that you're trying to expand upon and learn to play better because that's that's exactly why I took this because I wanted to play the Asgard side of it most. I just wanted to club you, Chris. So before we move on to podcast questions, I just want to say if you've had a negative experience with Todd, such as I have, um, and you want to file something with the Better Business Bureau, it's Total Access Games in Ashland, Virginia. <laughs> Wow, man, the hate is true. Yeah, it's going to be an F from me, sir. <laughs> the F? You'll be hearing from my legal Zoom attorney. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, we got to get to some questions because we got some good ones this week. Yeah, go for it. Ready, Captain? I'm ready to take calls from the public. Okay, okay cool. All right. I got to find because... It's been a while since we read questions. It's been about three weeks. Okay, so this one is from Bry. Including X-Force, who on all of the affiliations that do not have a second leader, would you make the second leader of the affiliation and why? Oh. Oh, that's deep. It's multi-layered. Yeah, let's just... Yeah, I mean, we can't go through all the affiliations. That's like a whole episode. Uh, so let's just everybody pick an affiliation, and who would you make a second leader? All right, I'll go last. Oh, God, <laughs> it's going to be some spider thing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we already got two spider leaders. Oh, yeah, thank God. So pick an affiliation who would be their second leader. Uh, well, I don't know if this is a cop-out, but I've said before that I think the Iron Man would make a good Avengers second leader. Cop-out. It's a little bit of a cop-out, but I think there's some relevance there because I don't know what Falcon's going to do. It's probably not going to be in the same realm as Cap, but I do think that uh, Iron Man as a leader for Avengers could either do something like an R&D, but that's kind of already been done in other things. It would be nice if he gave the team sort of access to an attack they could use once around or something like that. Hmm. Uh, I'll go next. Yeah, I'll go next. Um, this affiliation is not even out yet, so this is a great time to go ahead and uh, say, <laughs> but I would love for Wolverine to be a second leader of X-Force and for him to have, uh, you know, maybe make a, a new card uh, with him as a leader and have a leadership ability. Wolverine's one of my favorite characters. Uh, he's heavily been involved in X-Force, so I think it would be cool to have him as a leader of X-Force. What would he do? That's a good question. Uh, make everybody angry? I don't know. Give them a real affiliation ability? Oh. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, oh, uh, give them a frenzy token after they take damage that allows them to reroll one attack die. What Wait, about this? Is that what they already do? Yes. What about, <laughs> what about this? This is cool. What if they could pay one or maybe you might have to make it like two power? And one attack per turn, they could roll one extra dice. Ooh. Ooh. All right. One extra die is pretty good. That's pretty good. Pay one, roll one extra. Yeah. Let's something call it like frenzied rage or something. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Loki as a leader for the Asgards. 
okay. as Guardians. Oh, cool. Because, um, I mean, it's Loki, right? That, that's not where I thought you were going with this, so I'm intrigued. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I've been playing some Asgard. Is it going to be uh, Loki turns them into spiders? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> no, but... Uh, and Loki will allow them to uh, bring a sixth tactics card. Hmm. It's very trickster yeah we've, yeah, we've talked about, you know... Is there going to be a leadership that does that down the road? And I also used that exact same ploy for um, the uh, runaways. So <laughs> it's one I want to see happen. I'm down for them bringing runaways just to get you off spiders. Uh, dude, I'd play runaways all day. Runaways all right, I got spiders. this. Uh, I got a next question. Let's move on. I got a next question for Todd. Well, it's for oh, both Jesus. of you guys, but it's it, it calls out Todd. What are the good ways to help your local gaming store to host a TTS organized play event like the Infinity Clash? Um, While the four closest to me carry MCP, they are resistant in getting the kits and helping in any way. I'll do you one better. Um, As opposed to answering that, send me your name and your address and I'll send you a kit. Ooh. Ooh, nice. So who was that? This was Griff. Griff, send me your name and your address, and I'll send you a kit, man. There, there you, you go. go. And it's just up to you, Griff. You just got to get it started, man. Because Total cool. Access games, they roll like that. That's how we do it. I, I, I actually intentionally ordered... Um, Seven extra kits because I'm actually hanging on to a couple to take to NashCon to give out as well. Um, but I have, aside from the the two or three that I opened for my local guys here, I have some extras. I will absolutely send you one and um, use it as you will to organize local play for yourself, man. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. I haven't added any art assets to TTS before, but... I'm sure that there's people in the TTS group that could probably help you figure that out if you wanted to try to get them in the game. But otherwise, you could probably just distribute the images, get a Google group going. So you could do a Google group or a Zoom group where you've got, if, if I could, like, like I said, I'll send you the kit, you have the card. Um, so you can have it there for them to see mm-hmm. if they really want to. Uh, and then you just play the game in TTS because the only thing you really need to have for TTS um wow you need the tokens as well uh sooner you would know better than i do did they update tts with a uh infinity war league yeah i believe so all right okay there we go so there you go man like i think so so there you go like as far as your local community goes this will give you a way to get the kits to the people that you want to give it to that are participating in your local league so they have the participation prizes and this kit to play once everything returns to normal. And then you can use the TTS format to actually just run it in the meantime. Perfect. I love it. Okay, well, let's move on. Uh, this is from Aggrieved Odin 8. Since Todd is a big fan of Bomb Squad, although I think Chris is the big fan of Bomb Squad. Chris is the man. Yep. Does running Carnage with Doom Prophecy and all you've got make Carnage more appealing? With his new tactic card, that makes a possible six attacks in a turn with five extra dice. 
I mean, shit, it's appealing. Yeah, it's appealing. <laughs> <laughs> the the. I mean, I guess that's what you're looking for, right? Is the ability to perform multiple attacks a turn? It's just so consistent with the automatic pistol. That, yeah. Um, and and what you would be doing with Carnage is just making his AOE attack, but you can only make it twice versus making four attacks with the pistol per activation. Um. So, wait, what's the card exactly do? It pulls, doesn't it pull the person in and you get to make an attack, I think? Yeah, so you could make the AOE. If, if you got him in position, you would be able to make that AOE attack against multiple targets, right? Right, right. Um, and, and I think, so I think the, the strength of the squad is you can single target a character. Yeah. Until it's dead. Right. Uh, or, or dazed, right? Um, so I think that's the strength of the bomb squad there. Um, the, the problem for for carnage is the same problem we've had with venom for the whole time. Like he's, he's just so soft against other attacks mm-hmm. um, that, that you might be forced into triggering it early, earlier than you want to, especially focused down. Yeah. And especially if he's the only one that you're trying to run it off of. Um, but man, no, like, I mean, I, and when I saw him, that was the first thing that we looked at as well. We were like, Oh, damn. Well, and, and it's not just limited to rapid-fire characters. So it's a bomb squad because that's that's how it first kicked off, right? Yeah. But anytime you play that card, I say that you should look at anybody who's making a lot of physical attacks in a roster and decide if you can pop it off on any of them, maybe not yeah. just the rapid-fire target. Yeah. So it's it's potentially really good on Carnage because if he kills someone, he heals to full too. So yeah. Um, that that's could potentially be interesting. It would it would have to almost guarantee he gets somebody down though. Yeah, and the other thing to keep in mind too is affiliations mm-hmm. with characters. So like if if the character has a poor affiliation or a, an affiliation that doesn't strengthen what you're trying to do with the bomb, like it it doesn't feel as good. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah, it's yeah. Not, yeah, it's not great in spider foes. Is what you're you're hitting yeah. at? Yeah, yeah. So. But I like the well, idea, cool. like where you're going with it. Yeah, I want to yep, see Carnage right, I mean, pop off. Hey, that's a lot of attacks and a lot of dice, man. Yeah. <laughs> so if you get if you get that dream scenario off, uh, you're going to probably win that game. So. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the other thing. Like, so with Carnage, it it is the dream scenario, right? Can I can I pop off on the whole team? Um, as opposed to like some of these automatic pistol targets, where you're like. Sing, like just single target down this guy. Yeah. Sing, yeah. All right, I'm going to kill Modoc. Yeah, yeah, single target down the next guy. Like, so that that's kind of, um, I, I think that's more the strength of the bomb squad than being able to hit everyone. Yep, I agree. All right, so we got two more. There are uh, a couple good questions. This one is from our good friend Dizzard over from the Danger Room. How do you feel now, Todd, that the real Summers is almost is here? <laughs> he is um, referring to Cable. I, I am, I am awestruck, and this is full of sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I, I feel uh, as though Dizzard hasn't seen my 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 Cyclops has he? Right, you need to post it and tag it. <laughs> Dizzard loves him some Cable. I know that so. All right, let's All right, get to this last summer? one. Who? Yeah, who's the better summer, Todd? Oh, yeah, definitely Cable. Like, I don't even care. <laughs> like, like, 
I'm, I don't even I don't even care what cable cable could be a one point model with negative six hit points. When he hits the board, he is dead. He is a better model than fucking uh, Cyclops. Uh, all right, let's move on to this next one because this is actually a very good uh, uh, question, and it there's a lot of conversation to be had on it. Uh, this is by our good buddy Merzane from Advanced R and D. So if you haven't checked out that podcast. Uh, definitely check it out with him. I'm not familiar with that name. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think can AMG do to combat the increasingly prevalent runaway meta and prevent people from playing a game where they don't need to make an attack to win the game, which we saw in the latest invitational, unfortunately. So sooner, I think you should kick this off first because I think that happened against you, didn't it? No, God, no. I would never let somebody beat me without an attack. I'd flip the table and well, I think punch it him in the face. to Merzane. Oh, it happened to Merzane. <laughs> no, oh, no, it happened to our buddy Utility Cookie. Oh, oh okay. Wait, did yeah. Utility Cookie get beat by his own idea? <laughs> uh, no, so <laughs> I didn't watch the game. Um, supposedly there was some terrain issues, and... Uh, on one side of the table was Enchantress. The other side of the table was Shuri. And he just kept getting moved and pushed off. And the points. And apparently, I, I don't know how it all worked out. But I know he lost the game. And his opponent, uh, did not, by losing on points, and his opponent did not make one attack. Uh, Yeah. Now, if that happened to me, I'd flip the table and punch somebody in the face, probably. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, I would not be happy. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'll start. I think it's a problem. I've said this before. If you've listened, I, I, I know Todd feels the same too. I absolutely hate this new strategy of grabbing and running. And it, it's not, you know, I talked earlier about the game that I lost in Battle Realms where the guy grabbed the three cubes and he ran away. That was a completely legit, legitimate strategy. That was round four when he did that. I'm all for that. Like, that's sure. that's how the game should be played. Um, this whole grabbing it round one or round two and just kind of running away and then just barely scoring uh, your secures and just keeping people away and alive and then winning the game, I think is a huge problem. I really and truly do. It's probably only a huge problem in very competitive play. Uh, I will openly admit that because most people, A, don't want to do that and B, uh, aren't going to come with elaborate strategies for that. Um, What can they do to fix it? Well, I think that there's not an easy fix to somebody like Enchantress. Um, You there's too much that you would have to, to do uh, other than just taking her ability of, of stealing the extract off of her, which they, we know they're not going to do. Um, Cause you can't, you know, backtrack on all the cards, Odin's blessing, rainbow bridge, stuff like that. Right. Um, so it is problematic. I think that one thing that they should do um and again, I don't think they can go back and change the existing secures, but I think secures that are worth more points um, will help balance that out. Um, ways you can combat the, the grab-and-run strategy is playing secures like Fisk or Gamma, where the secures are worth a lot of points and them just running away doesn't hurt you. When the secures are only worth one point and 
they can just run away to back secures and score all the extracts and just score that back secure. You can't go after them a lot of times because you're losing a point by going after them because you can't sit on your secure. So they need some sort of balance that, you know, they can make something worth more points, but I think it's a very big problem, unfortunately. And I hate it. I hate that this, this game is not designed to be played by no attacks and just running away. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I I think the first step is number one, admitting that hired muscle and panic grips the city as evacuation efforts continue was a mistake. Mm -hmm. I I don't think panic by itself is an, uh, a mistake. I do. Panic's a big deal. I think it is the mistake. I think hired muscle is not even remotely a, a bigger problem as I think panic is the problem. It, it creates the grab and run because you can play, an affiliation that you know generates a lot of power. You can just grab those things. You can run away and you can generate the power. They're worth so much more than every other extract. Yeah. Like that's what people don't realize is all other extracts are worth not even remotely as much as panic is. And that's a huge problem. And I, I think I am firmly in the opinion that panic needs to be banned. It should be the first crisis that is put on the ban list and it needs to be banned i i don't necessarily agree with that um but i do 100 percent agree that in roster building um you need to account for those strategies especially if you're going to be playing a highly competitive style game um and, and and i agree um fisk and gamma are the uh, honestly, the only two options you have to combat that kind of strategy. Um, everything else just feels nowhere near as impactful as those two um, to to combat that kind of idea of of gameplay. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like the one, the ones that like. I, I understand your point with those and how they they do score. Uh, panic does score more points, but I I still feel like smart play on panic allows you an option to at least keep them from two of them, uh, and and which at least gives you the option to try and control some extracts while controlling two of those points. Well, I think that when you say smart play, I think you have to have very specific counters in your list, which then leads us to, okay, now we're really restricted in list building because we have to bring these specific counters uh, for that. Agreed, but we're also talking about highly competitive play, right? Sure. Uh, So, I mean, in highly competitive play, uh, you probably have those counters built in. I, I know I wouldn't not have those counters built in. Um, and, and I'm not sure that it's necessarily having counters built in. I mean, a medium move character gets to the other point. Uh, if they go to the wide point first, you go to the opposite wide point. They can't take your back point. No, but they can, I mean, depending on what you're doing that with, they can kill that character. Yeah. I, Agreed, but like at that point, then you're putting in dice variables, right? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, like you, 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 you have to factor in some of the variables with dice and and some of the variables with like 
positioning and um, I, I guess the timing of your plays, your sequencing of your plays. If, if you see Asgard line up against you at 19 points and their first, their first action is Angela runs out to the outside point, grabs it and runs back. You, you better be going to the opposite point and grabbing it. Yeah. And I, I guess we're on kind of two different sides of this. I'm not as worried about, I, I agree, you know, like hired muscle and, you know, panic, I think panic should be banned, but hired muscle is not, in my opinion, my biggest problem at all. Uh, like you said, you're going to have count in the competitive play, you're going to have counters in there. And, and, that we figured out a lot of counters for that. My more sure. problem is Enchantress. Now, do you feel like Enchantress is more the problem, or do you feel like um, Angela is more the problem in that that lineup? Enchantress. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about any. I'm just talking about in general. Enchantress yeah, plays the grab and run strategy. I've played her against her a lot. Everybody's <laughs> using her right now, and every game, every single game, is the same thing. Enchantress goes up, steals something. Runs away. Yeah. Because I, I, mean, I that, think she's that, the bigger problem. That is the counterplay, right? Like they line up with Angela on one side. Um, they go grab it, run out. And then you line up on the other side. You run and grab the other one. They move and they move uh, Enchantress, double move, maybe R&D, grab that token, turn one. And they're like, come at me, bro, with the fucking middle finger in the air. Yeah, well, and and have her being able to bow a character, so yeah. a lot of times she can just bow a character closer to to steal it and then double move away. There's and there's no way to stop it. There's no counterplay to her Amora's kiss. There's no way to stop that. You just have to stay really far away, which is, I mean, it's just not possible in most yeah. games. So, I I think it. I don't think that Angela is as much of a problem. I mean. We're about to have Amazing Spider-Man come out, who I think is worse than Angela on that. Um, I think the bigger problem with the grab-and-run strategies... I, I do think Angela's a problem, don't get me wrong, but I think right. Enchantress is a huge problem. Yeah. So I think one of the ways that they can try to fix it is that they've invested a lot of design capital into making secures punishing. But they haven't done the same thing for extracts. The only two that affect you in a, a, a real negative way, aside from movement penalties, is that the cosmic cube fragments and the alien ship do damage to you. The right. alien ship does damage if you don't attack. The fragments always do damage, but you get power for it. So it's almost a worthwhile trade-off if you're not immediately going to die. The other ones, uh, uh, you can move once or you move short. Like That's not punishing enough. Um, so they need to do something like they added Terrigen Mist, uh, senators. Um, so, so the problem with Terrigen Mist, though, is the same problem that I've had with every high point blue objective they've done. Is the point totals are not there. But what I'm saying is, is it's not even that. It's the fact that holding them does something negative to you. Sure. The extracts don't have that, so it's easy to just run away. Sure. But, but the point is, if, if the secures were able to score points at the same rate as the extracts or more they should be able to score more yeah i feel like they should, should be able to as well yeah um, you should I've, get I've, more I've, because that forces the fight to the secures if yeah, the sec I've, you know and it might be both right like you shouldn't be able to just grab something and run away without there being some sort of consequence in my opinion yeah and also if you're bringing the fight to an objective it should be worth more to hold it because you have to invest more energy into keeping it 
I agree. I, I mean, I, I do agree with those sentiments, right? But but I really feel like all of these 19, uh, with the exception of panic, all of these 19 and 20 points are underwhelming on the amount of points they score for how much that game slows down at 19 and 20 points. I agree. Yeah. And yeah. the grab-and-run strategy only gets better at higher points. Exactly. Now you're you're you can you know gang up with more points on just one one uh, secure hold that down and then just run away with the rest of the characters with the extracts and then you just win the game. I also yeah. think the other thing that they can do, which I think they should, uh, I mean I don't again these cards are already released so I don't know how you retcon that, but um, I think that they should make it where if you are holding an extract. You cannot use a movement card or, you know, you can't use these teleport cards. Rainbow bridge, like stuff that. like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I do think, I, I feel like those are the bigger missteps um, than the objectives themselves is the fact that the cards allow movement manipulation. Like that's always been one of the things that we've stuck to and said from, from day one were some of the most powerful effects in the game was movement out of action. Um, and, and they still continue to be. Mm. Whether it's movement of tokens or movement of characters, um, if there's not some stipulation that does not allow these characters who have tokens or whatever the case might be, that doesn't stop them from moving out of action, it, it, it feels like a problem. Yeah, and like I said, I, I think that you know panic is a big problem because it scores so much more. Like I don't care if you run away with a spider infected, take your one point and run that four point model away. Okay, um, I don't care. But when you take a extract that can score you, you know, five six points in a game, mm -hmm. I mean that's I, there's nothing I can do about that. Like yeah. that's that's brutal. That's a bigger deal to me is the fact that if you run away and keep it for three turns, it's worth five points for you. Mm -hmm. Like two of those, you almost won the game. You're at least two thirds of the way there. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I mean, you're going to score one or two points off of usually a secure turn one. So, I mean, you're, all, you're pretty much almost there. Whereas if you're just running away with spider infected, like you're, it's going to, you know, there's a whole nother round that will happen. That yeah. is huge. Well, and I, I kind of am in your boat sooner because the other thing with Panic, too, is that you can hold it, and if you have priority, you can win without any interaction, right? Correct. You just cash it in with your first activation, yeah. boom, game's over. I hate over. that. Yeah, I hate that. Um, I think, and that's pretty rough. I think that you should, at, at minimum, be able to finish the round. They can cash it in, but you at least finish the round. I, don't, mm -hmm. I just, I, and then, you know, not everybody feels like that. I just really dislike all the mechanics of Panic. I, I I would go as far as to agree with that part of it with panic. Um, the fact that um, you can score that before the end of turn and and that's the end of the game. Like like if you had to to pay the six and at the end of turn score the additional point and then remove that token, like that that's really all you'd have to change on that card is like an errata, right? Um, so pay six at the end of the turn, remove this token from the game. Score an additional two points as opposed to one. Um, the the fact that it scores immediately and the game's checked at that point mm -hmm. is is a feel bad. So I don't think we fixed the problem, 
No, there's some ideas, though, to kind of uh, maybe address it. But um, I guess for now, panic will remain unsolved, and people will just continue to get beat by it because that's what it does. And, hey, Merzane, just take it in the face, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that pretty much covers all the podcast questions, right, Sooner? Yeah, that gets them all. Uh, some very good ones. Get your podcast, uh, podcast questions in for uh, next recording, which will be in two weeks, and we'll address those. Yep. Um, and I guess the last thing is sooner you're, you had a video with, uh, Dr. Norbert, right? That's on his YouTube channel. Yeah. So, uh, me, Sploosh, uh, Morgan Reed and Pat Dunford all got together and made a, a little, uh, kind of video just discussing battle realm and kind of giving some points of pros versus cons. Um, and that's up on Dr. Norbert's, uh, stream or YouTube. So, uh, you can hop on there and check that out if you're interested in that. Right on. I I had a question about that. So, did y'all have any good players on there? Actually, no, we really didn't. It was uh, it was like the (laughs) who they could scrounge up the bottom of the barrel. And yeah, it was just a two-time winner, a one-time winner. uh, Who else? Sploosh and Morgan. Yeah, man. Guy, the guy who's made top cut every single season and finished like second, third, second, third, or something. Um, I mean, so if you want to listen to some like people who done all right <laughs> play a couple games here and there every now and then yeah like i guess their opinion's somewhat relevant yeah uh so there's that <laughs> and then uh, uh i just want to reiterate i don't know how many people we have who listen that are competitive card game players ccg players but todd and i have been doing another podcast for flesh and blood that is called from the arsenal If any of you guys are interested in that, Flesh and Blood is kind of popping off right now. We're uh, getting spoilers for a new set. We did two episodes this week for that. Uh, Probably going to do another couple this next coming week because the spoilers just keep coming. New set releases the first week of May. So that's really kicking off. We'd love it if you guys would come and drop a listen. Um, That is from the Arsenal. Um, I will make sure there's a link on the Turn Zero Facebook page as well. Um, Other than that, I think we're going to catch you guys in two weeks. Adios, muchachos. Peace out, bitches. Bitches.